Welcome back to another episode of Cheap Coffee. Today we're going to discuss accountability. Most of us avoid of accountability. And that's simply because we don't want to be held responsible for those actionable things or disgraceful things that are a part of our lives. Accountability as defined is responsibility to your actions, answerability to those you impact through your actions. The act of holding oneself accountable escaped most of us. In everyday life, we fail to hold ourselves to a standard that we expect from others in relation to love. Most are void of accountability to self. Accountability is like a double-edged sword. One side, your actions. The other side, the outcome. One side could be justified in the exact same action that it would be admonished in the other. Equally sharp, but cuts differently. Accountability usually goes like this. I can be accountable for my actions, but place blame elsewhere when the outcome isn't desirable. This is how most unaccountable individuals approach accountability. Here's an example. A married spouse, man or woman, accountability isn't gender specific. Is out with some familiar faces and the alcohol consumption is high. Inhibitions are low. And a curious interest presents itself and decisions are made. You're accountable for your actions because it has always been a thought. But you can't come to terms with the outcome. So you finger point. You blame it on the alcohol. Yeah, I know that's a song. Or the person for taking advantage of you. You somehow are able to find fault externally. Only if it seems to justify your actions. If I were not drunk. If that person were not there. This would not have happened. If someone would have stopped me. Accountability is always in the action. Never in the outcome. Blame someone else. Because you can't be at fault. This attitude is a form of self-importance, an attribute that has no place in any type of relationship. Selfishness is what I think of when I think about self-care. Yet we cringe at the idea of selfishness when we consider ourselves, as if selfishness is some sort of indictment. Our ability to make decisions that are in the best interest of self is one, in fact, one of the ways we remain in top form, personally. Focusing on what matters to yourself is somehow a misplaced understanding of what's important to the relationship. Why is that? When did we lose the concept of happiness and self-preservation? Happiness starts and stops with you. Everything and everyone else falls somewhere in the middle. Let's take it back to being alone with self, absence of any relationship, Clarity immediately comes to mind. Our ability to do for ourselves in a way that is joyful, peaceful, and fulfilling. 
we're able to compartmentalize our day-to-day priorities. We can myopically focus on exactly what makes us tick and exactly what brings us optimal happiness. Our decision-making is so intentional and matter-of-fact that it's narrowed down to an exact thought. Those detailed thoughts that exclude outside distractions. And even if we fall in the moment, we could accept that failure knowing that we've explored all avenues of success. So why do we choose to surrender that when someone else enters the picture? When did it become impossible to do for self while also accounting for the other person needs? A shared experience that accompanies all of what we've learned as a result of the path we've paved on this road to personal clarity. That answer can never truly be answered, not until we can look at the relationship from the outside, looking in. When we've had a chance to analyze it without distractions, here's something that I think registers with everyone. It's called know-how. We know how to be to ourselves. We know what we need for ourselves. Yet we look to others to be accountable for our peace, for our happiness. It's as if accountability is an unbearable weight that we can't seem to hold. So we offload it to someone else. And we expect that person to know what we want, what we desire. We transition from independence to what I'd like to call co-piloting. Some would call it codependency. Either way is a takeaway from one's truth. Your character takes a blow. You slowly become less relevant as an individual. You begin to ask permission, opposed to stating your purpose, allowing someone else to assume the dominant role in your life or becoming the dominant decision maker. Either way, burdens the relationship. The reason that happens is because it's natural that someone will assume the leadership position. For sake of conversation, let's call it 1A and 1B. It's a relationship concept, but it's a failed concept. Failure looms when there's any disruption of those roles. It leads to discourse. There's fault and blame that goes with the co-piloting concept. The fault falls on the person that assume the one B role of the relationship. Unhappiness, grin and bear it, learn tolerance. These are the dispositions that are established It worsens with time, then comes the blaming and the finger pointing from 1B, forgetting that you adopted the role of 1B, forgetting that you gave clearance and permission to 1A to control most of the decisions. It was attractive to you in the beginning. That take control approach got old really fast and you held 1A accountable for it instead of being accountable for what makes or made you happy that thing that makes you, you. What's done to you is what you've allowed to happen. That's your fault. So much is given, much is expected. And your expectations is what most people would expect. That is, read my mind, know my thoughts, understand me, know what I want. This is all some scripted shit that love stories and novels convince you exist in the real world. It doesn't. It's about as real as Santa Claus is to Christmas. Understand this. 
You can be selfish in a relationship and still be progressive. You're allowed to take care of yourself while also being a steward of happiness for your partner. Addition by addition, never subtract from yourself. It's not an honorable salutation to your relationship to become one with a person. It's a valuable concept. It has never worked. I don't like using the word never because never is just an opportunity that hasn't presented itself yet or hasn't happened yet. But in this case, never is appropriate. The mother of accountability is Blaine. Let me say that shit again. The mother of accountability is Blaine. Blaine is a disobedient child that refuses to accept the lessons that's offered because their way is believed to be the best way. Societally, we love finger pointing. We point the finger at any and everyone, just not ourselves. And here's where blame reigns. Pay attention to what I'm saying. Reigns like the water. Not reign supreme. I blame you for not loving me. I blame you for not being around. I blame you for not spending time with me. I blame you for making me believe you love me. Blame is a form of shame. It's intended to make you feel bad. In this next few moments, I'm going to speak directly to women. Ladies, a man chasing you as a way of showing interest is not a real thing. And wanting to be chased is not chivalrous. It's a pathetic approach used to obviate your role in the genesis of a relationship. Some women don't see the value in showing interest where interest lies. Why is that, you ask? Because they believe themselves to be the prize. They've put an appraised value on sex. An attraction. Appraisals are based on comparable. Comparably speaking, there are more women than there are men. Lessening said value of attraction in sex if we're using the logic of appraisal. So from a logical standpoint, if there are more homes in the neighborhood being sold for less than a half a million, and then you appraise your house for a million, who's going to purchase that? That value is based on what exactly? It's based on what you've decided to give value to. So. If you feel the need to be chased, you should steal something and run. Because mature, masculine, apex men don't chase. We do, however, exhibit interest. And a reciprocation of that interest is what's desirable. And for those that do chase, those are your B-level men. Those men are the be okay with whatever you like men to be compliant men, to be grateful for your presence type men. But they will also be 
putting on an act for you type men. That act reveals itself later in a relationship. It's not you that they are chasing. They are validating the appraisal that you've given to your sex and your attraction. And then you're surprised by this as if your presentation didn't render the results that you were looking for. Or did they? They didn't. They didn't garner the response you thought you'd get. So you shouldn't be surprised. You advertised and you got the response you garnered. But was that what you really wanted? I'll tell you an even more stranger concept. Women seem surprised by the ability of men to move on. Attraction does only one thing. Gets your attention. The product still has to be good. You were distracted by his pursuit, but you never revealed the product's relevance. It's like cotton candy. It looks delicious. Attraction is obvious, but the product is not fulfilling, nor is it good for you. This is just an example of what looks good to you. Yeah, you know the rest. And keeping with the theme of this podcast, you would point blame at that person who took advantage of the product, meaning you. You made a decision that didn't serve you. Instead, you got served. Or should I say, serviced. All because you wanted to be chased. Being chased is nothing more than a game that has only one winner. The game winner. The guy. Or the chaser. It's okay to like someone and pursue those interests. And it's okay if you're unsure about how mutual the interest is. If you like someone, let it be just that. Interest. That interest may lead to dating. And in dating, there are so many uncertainties. That's okay too. There's nothing wrong with not knowing what the future holds. The hiccup with this approach is women has this absurd need to know, to know what the future holds, to know where the relationship is going. You just have this need to know. And that, ladies, is on you. Men don't struggle with that problem. Men date until they find what desires them enough to not date anymore. We don't even hide this reality. We know when to focus on just you. There's no vacillating happening with men. When we know, we know. Unfortunately, we get labeled for our process. Our process gets labeled bachelor-like, player-like, misogynistic, all of the above. And wait, it gets worse. It gets worse for us if we don't reciprocate the feelings of interest. If a woman likes a man, but that man reciprocity is shown in a different way, he's labeled a piece of shit. On the other hand, women will know that they have a solid connection with the guy. Hear me out. But still choose to shop around for other connections. Now, I know that sounds similar to what I just stated about men. The difference between men and women is men aren't going to disrupt their connection. 
When we have a connection, we pretty much focus on that connection. Women are willing to disrupt their initial stronger connection under this idea that there's a better connection. And it's not until when she realizes that the connection she's pursuing, let's call it secondary connection, isn't what she thought it would be. She began to reinvest more into her initial connection. Only to find it's too late. Her initial connection gave her that space she felt she needed because he's honorable. He's not controlling. He wanted her to figure her shit out. So he gave her the space to do so. But now his pursuit has changed. He has a laissez-faire approach to her now. And the connection that they had previously doesn't exist. Guess who's to blame? Not her. We are. We're to blame. Men. If you want to look at this in a different way, reverse the roles. But usually in dating, men are very matter-of-fact in their approach. Women tend to explore options that doesn't need to be explored. Because for some strange reason, they believe better exist all the time. Women tend to chase value in a man. They don't really chase connections. Not always. I want to go back to this concept of chasing for a moment. In context of relationships and connections, chasing is synonymous with games. And men don't usually play games. The men that I'm describing are very matter of fact when they like and connect with someone. No one else will matter. In a context of women not being decisive and are trying to navigate their connections with other men, most apex men will step aside because the options are plentiful for those men. Apex men will never reveal insecurities to a woman. Not as it pertains to his interest in her. And ladies, this is what you're ultimately asking of him when you say, fight for me. Chase me. Be vulnerable enough to show me you want me in the face of me dating or figuring out other connections or interests. That idea is asinine. Don't play games with men. Wait, don't play games. Isn't this most women's battle cry? Playing games with them? Women hate men that play games. Well, ladies, you guys are full of games more times than not. Not all, but most. Sex for chores, sex for gives. Women are notorious for playing sexual exchange games. Men, on the other hand, make decisions and stand with those decisions. That's going to be a statement challenged by many women, some of whom I know. But here's a secret that women ought to know. The difference between fucking you and fucking with you is huge. Sex isn't the same as a commitment. 
men will more times than not engage in sex with you. That's very different from a man that wants to be with you, especially after sex. It's the come and go concept. If he comes and he goes almost immediately after, you are not it. And you know this. So I blame you for the acceptance of this concept. Say no, stand on it, and see what happens. What can't happen is you make a decision that you later regret and you blame that one person that had nothing to do with your decision. That is quintessential accountability avoidance. Be clear in what you want. It's okay to put all your eggs in one basket. When you do so, you find out exactly what you want or don't want. When your eggs are scattered in multiple baskets, you always find fault and never find clarity. You can always remove those eggs if the basket isn't securing your eggs in the way that you would like for it to. That's an analogy for your ass. An avoidance of excuses is taking accountability for what you decide to put out there. You just have to be ready to stand on whatever it is you decide. That's owning your accountability. That's owning your own shit. Indecisive women and lackluster men make for shitty combinations when it comes to dating. Yet, they find themselves together almost always. When women decide, when they make clear decisions, the answer becomes even clearer. Cheap coffee. Its only purpose is to awaken you.